<sighs> oh man, what's the matter, Hunter? Why so sleepy? Oh man, I just I keep drinking this old coffee, but it's just not waking me up like it used to, you know. You know, you can't keep drinking that old coffee, you silly goose. You know what you need? You need Death Wish coffee. Death Wish coffee has so much caffeine it can kill a horse. <laughs> that that's enough. That could that could absolutely wake me up. Wow. Thank you. Where can I get some? Listen, Hunter, you can get some right now at carlpooling.com slash coffee. And let me just say, we love Death Wish Coffee. It's one of the products that I can genuinely say I liked before they were a sponsor. And that is a huge deal. So you know I'm not fronting when I tell you that this is some great coffee. Also, they're rebellious by nature. It's their tagline. And it's true because... Death Wish has the beans to sponsor a show like Carl Pooling. Oh, that's great, but I'm pretty tired. Do you think you could just send me the URL so I could just paste it into my browser? And I'll get put this it over in with? the show notes, but again, it's, <laughs> it's carlpooling.com slash coffee. And I've got even better news for you, Hunter. This will wake you up. Using our discount code DW. CAF10, that's D-W-C-A-F-F-10, our listeners can get 10% off their total order, so you really have nothing to lose. Wake up, be a rebel, go to carlpooling.com slash coffee right now, and score yourself some Death Wish coffee at a great price. Death Wish, it might kill a horse. With discounts like these, you can't afford to sleep through them. Okay, back to the show. Happy New Year. <laughs> we made hey. it. Hey. 2024. Everything's looking up. Oh. Have you oh. Have you seen all this stuff Hunter about like all these all these billionaire gazillionaires investing in like underground bunkers and stuff this year i did hear that i didn't know if that was like a real thing i don't know how real any of that is but it uh, it, it was like i saw a article that was like zuck was spending millions of dollars on an underground facility with him and a bunch of other rich friends and i was like huh hmm Great. <laughs> that bodes yeah. well for the future for us normal people. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, if Zuck goes underground, he's already so pasty and white. By the time that I take like 50 rads in the wasteland and drink my body weight in Nuka-Cola, I'm going to power mm. armor him. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not afraid of them anymore at that point, you know? No, you're you're set. I mean, like, you, you're more than ready for that. That's right. Um, That's right. Fallout reference. A little fallout, which which I'm going to be honest, Bethesda, I I don't like the games. I feel like they were outdated okay. 30 years ago. I feel like they were outdated the minute they came out. Yeah. Like, like Fallout 3 and all that, it's like, wow, this is hard to play, you it, know? Very hard to play. This is bad. <laughs> and so. they, they have to add in a mode that shoots for you because it's so much, it's, it's so little fun to shoot. Yeah. Uh, nothing yeah. like going into a pause menu and clicking the highest percentage of an <laughs> enemy's body part for, in your first-person action shooter game. Yeah, uh, Hunter, yeah. how did you uh, how did you ring in the new year? Uh, what did I 
due January 1st. I was with you earlier in the day, so I'm assuming you were asleep. Uh, you, you were with me on January 1st? No, on December 31st. Oh, I was doing, uh, I was looking up how to start your own business. <laughs> well, that's I was kind getting... of like a, a New Year's resolution-y thing to do. Yeah, I was getting super depressed finding out how much self-employment taxes and income tax plus sales tax plus state income tax. It's, the government it, doesn't want you to win, Hunter. You know what's so crazy is like there is economic, economic activity that was going to take place in my household that now will not because the state is so onerous. It's crazy. You someone's someone's got to do something about that state. <laughs> I'm not saying what to do about it legally, allegedly, <laughs> in game. But somebody's got to do something about the state. Well, that's great. CNN uh, rung in the new year by filming the ball drop, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was a coming-of-age ceremony in certain sub-saharan cultures but no it's actually something we do in Times square hunter to mm, count time strange. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but then they immediately cut to an inter interracial gay couple kissing and right here's the take that you're only going to get on carpooling uh i know what all of you lefties want me to do you want me to be bigoted right now i'm not going to do that i don't think that i think they were paid actors Okay. You don't think that... Well, at least... Nope. Like... Okay. Here's why. Okay. They're right in frame. Uh -huh. Like, away from everybody else in the crowd. They're separated out from everybody in the crowd. Yeah. Right in front of the camera. And they're wearing two paper Planet Fitness glitter top hats that... I don't think any gay person would ever be caught dead in. The mm. amount of money you would have to give a homosexual man to wear something that tacky, it would be an almost infinite amount of money, I believe. Maybe they're part of the uh, the employee social group at Planet Fitness. You think they're Planet Fitness plants? No, yeah. that's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, you know, like all these little corporate corporations will have like the people of color group and things like that. Like maybe they're part of the LGBTQ group or something like that. Hey, maybe so. Yeah. But I mean, now we're in some weird territory. I definitely think if they're framed like that, they were at least approached. Oh, right? they, yeah, for sure. They were approached. And then and they could have even been said, hey, do you want to have your picture taken on New Year's Eve of you kissing? And they've been like, oh, that would be great. So like, OK, we'll stand here and wear this hat. That, yeah, and that, do, the and hat might have been because here's one thing we know about all gay people. <laughs> and look, I'm not a bigot. I don't think all? you should. I don't think you should. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. And you shouldn't generalize people because of the color of their skin but gay is just a way that you're acting um so it's like we can generalize Why? that activity right if you're gay How? like you should be acting gay ish at least some of the time otherwise you're not really that gay right like black sure isn't a, whatever black whatever isn't is gonna a behavior you engage in but gay is and you can say i was born this way and that's fine but still like if you're not being gay some of the time, that you're not gay. 
it's not like you have gay written on like 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 written on your tag that's like it's like machine wash cold tumble dry also it's gay yeah. 58% gay, 62% rayon. That doesn't add yeah. up to 100, and that's because gay people are extra. Anyhow, the point is is that I, I don't believe that real gay people would wear these hats. It's a conspiracy theory. It's clockwork interdimensional radioactive demons. No and I, those, no I don't believe it. I think, I yeah. think CNN is just uh, is pushing. I think they're I mean, pushing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, like they would yeah. definitely... Oh, for coordinate sure. something like that but for, oh as much as they can coordinate mm-hmm. well anyway family welcome to 2024 welcome back to carpooling it's the show that gets you fired from every almost every job at this point i mean it's just it, we keep going harder and harder um we talk about politics religion philosophy addendum errata eric estrada and we're glad to have you along <laughs> in the new year for a ride we've got a great episode for you today and we've got some business to take care of just before that so immediately navigate yourself to a web browser or a smartphone device and leave the show a five-star review on apple podcasts itunes spotify amazon podcasts i don't know if that one's real but you can technically google it uh and let them know that you love us every five-star review um will feed an orphan in kenya for three months so go ahead get those in uh, you wouldn't want anything. You wouldn't want more orphans to go hungry, would you? I do have to say, for legal reasons, that's not true. Do you actually have to say that for legal reasons? If I make a claim that's so absurd, <laughs> <laughs> but then, then again, then again, you'd have to go back to the Red Bull gives you wings lawsuit. Oh my God, no! Yeah, do you <laughs> know I, I was a member? <laughs> I was a member of the the damaged class in that class action lawsuit. Who is the person that went with for a straight face for three years in this lawsuit and was like, yeah, where are my wings? I where are my it. wings at? I kept looking for them to sprout. I even took a before picture and nothing changed. That's why That's why they spell it with two eyes now. So no it's like way. a fake thing. Yeah. And No way. I, I was a member of the class. I signed up. I was like, yeah, I drank Red Bull for like my whole life. And they were they sent me a free four-pack of Red Bull. That sucks. <laughs> it was that or like 38 cents by money order. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll take the Red Bull. Yeah. You got me there. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that's pretty fun. So, yeah, for legal reasons, uh, you wouldn't want to be – you wouldn't want the jury to find out that you didn't give the show five stars if there was even some small chance that it might feed an orphan in Kenya. <laughs> so yeah. think about those legal reasons. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, we, let's uh, let's move on to our segments here. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, it's the new year. Do something nice for yourself. Go to carpooling.com slash store. Buy some merch. I also have some ideas for some new merch, Hunter, um, that may or may not involve a character that just entered the public domain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, we might have our own little carpooling mouse friend. Love um, it. Dickie. Anyhow, <laughs> let's... Uh-oh. uh. Let's, it, uh, you know, immediately there was a horror movie announced, just like happened with Pooh, Winnie the really? Pooh. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I'm pretty excited for, for where it might go. Uh, it's, a, it's a steamboat, steamboat Captain Mickey thing yeah. killer. Yeah. Did you ever hear about Blood and Honey or see the... See the yeah, I, I saw like 
a bit of the trailer, but I mean, it wasn't something I was really interested in, you know. Apparently, it was, it was unwatchable. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just thinking is like, I, I was pretty sure that didn't do very well, but it had to do well enough for someone to want to go ahead and say, no, 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 we're doing the the Steamboat Willie horror thing. It's us, not the other guys. I you hope know. you gotta hope so. You gotta, yeah. Because if it was really funny, like that would be a banger, a banger yeah. of the film. Yeah. And somebody's got to start taking shots at at Disney. I mean, the the shots that people have been shooting it on Twitter are just hilarious and the worst things you can think of. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to see Steamboat Willie flying into the World Trade Center, join X, <laughs> the platform where humanity's last creative uh brain cell <laughs> vibrates vigorously and uh posts garbage consistently yeah so let's get into it hunter before we get started today uh mm-hmm. as is our tradition every year we watched the lord of the rings trilogy oh yeah over the christmas break and what a special time it was so much sharing so much insight so much analysis i really do love that tradition mm-hmm. and uh it has made me even more excited for our segment. Dun 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 dun. Virgin Hunter, give us your virgin fact from Lord of the Rings this week. Um, I think I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but if you've read the books, um, you'll be aware of this. There's a major flaw in the movies that's never set right. Um, oh. it it's one of the hard. It's probably one of the only ones. Um, and it's all because of Mary never receives the barrel white blade. And that's your, uh, fact for this week. So I know a little bit about this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give the audience what they actually want. Sure. Um, <laughs> who cares about them? There's the scene when, when, oh shoot. Eowyn, mm-hmm. Eowyn, right? Yeah. Uh, stabs the witch king and kills him. She's like, I'm no man, <laughs> and stabs him in the face, and he dies. Mm. And a lot of people think, well, that was way too easy. But the real reason that she was able to kill him is because the blade that uh, Mary receives, who does he get it from in the in the book? Yeah, so Mary receives the... So this is another scene that isn't in the um, uh, movie, but there's a character named Tom Bombadil who is kind of really strong and powerful. And upon leaving his house, uh, this is really near the beginning of the first book, um, they go into a barrel white burial. And so in there, they just find these blades and they're about to be overcome by the power of the white that lives there. And is kind of like, you know, keeping them under control. And then suddenly Tom Bombadil comes in and he saves them from it. And that's really the end of that scene. But, Mary Pippin at least hold on to these blades throughout um, the remainder of the books, and that is actually what Mary stabs the Witch King with. Um, that's really important because of some ancient Numenorian stuff to make it quick and easy. That's actually not explained in the three Lord of the Rings books. Um, it's something you would have to gather from the Silmarillion. It might be in the Lord of the Rings. I can't remember. But basically, it severs the Witch King's the Witch King's power. It 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 brings him. He's half in the Ring realm and he's in the in our world, right? So he's in the spirit realm and the physical world. 
and this puts him fully into this in the physical world, which so makes, it makes him, him mortal, basically makes him mortal, and so he can actually die. And so they actually show that in the movie because it's Mary who stabs him, and then he kind of like falls and becomes weak, and then Eowyn stabs him in the face and kills him. But there's no connection with the sword that Mary stabs him with matters at all. Yeah, right, right. So, so it's actually because he has an uh, ancient powerful blade. Um, all right, Hunter, thanks so much. Dun, 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 virgin. Um, all right, I've got a horse for you guys, and we're, I'm going to say the name of this horse, and we're going to move directly on. Okay. This is a horse that, that was in the Kentucky Derby in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, riding Miss Daisy. And next segment, Hunter, what's the roadkill for us today, bud? This is a tweet from NBC News that I'm just going to read to you verbatim. Okay. You know, no extra, no extra flavor on this one. Okay, I'm here for it. The Biden administration is asking Mexico to help curb the huge flow of migrants into the U.S. as Biden runs out of options to fix a problem that is hurting his polling. Huh. <laughs> How can you not say immigration? <laughs> like, like this is this is such that like, man, I have to get to three thousand words on this term paper, <laughs> or I'm gonna <laughs> fail. How can I turn every sentence? I mean, it's like it's it's awful. It's so painful. But well, Hunter, I just want to say on the record, diversity is our strength, right? And uh, they're not, they're sending us their best. No doubt, dude. Um, what a bunch of clowns! And, and this is this is great. This this one tweet has seven hundred and sixteen likes and almost two thousand comments. Really, really, dude. Uh, it has one point eight million views. That which is, is crazy. A few. Yeah. Um, did you did you hear about Fetterman? Yeah, he's he's you know he's he's coming around, man. He's getting it's, it. It's kind of crazy, but he w- he went to um, Walter Reed basically for psychiatric medical intervention, and oh, wow. he's coming okay. out the other side conservative. Oh sure, yeah. He's actually living proof that leftism is brainworms, and also that Walter Reed can treat brainworms. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, tell, tell us we're wrong. He's getting better by the minute, and at, uh, it's just hilarious that as yeah. you know, an enemy senator gets gets you know mental health assistance. All of a sudden, he's saying you know immigration's a crisis and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. And he he says he said on December fifteenth that he is not a progressive. Like just straight up says it. When he yeah. ran, he was like, "I'm more progressive than Bernie Sanders." Yeah. So anyway, makes you wonder, like all the all that talk about his wife, you know, kind of running things, you know, that was around there for a while. It makes you wonder how real that was too. Right. You know, because she's ultra progressive. You know, maybe he was just hoping she was going to do things the way he wanted to. But anyway, exactly. Um, like here, here I'm going to read a quote from him uh, that he said on NBC News. Or in an article that NBC News published. I'm not a progressive. I just think I'm a Democrat that is very committed to choice and other things. But with Israel, I'm going to be on the right side of that. 
and immigration is something near and dear to me and i think we have to do effect we do have to effectively address it as well he goes on to say that i can be pro immigration and still favor policies that restrict illegal crossings of the border mm. welcome to welcome to the the adult side of the swimming pool my friend yeah. um nice to have you and nice to have uh something uh going on in your brain i i when i read these sentences i thought well for sure that can't actually be fetterman because mm. he can't speak the english language but the walter reed uh tr truly this is <laughs> this is yeah. all an ad for walter reed they can do no incredible doubt. stuff apparently not no only doubt. can they allow you to speak uh the the king's english once again they can also <laughs> make your ideas significantly better in a very short amount of time um so th thanks for joining us lurch we'll see how you do in the future um, all right shoot there's a there's a point here that's worth making um you've got it yeah I, it might be running away from me um right, thoughts trying to make the jump to hyperspace but it's episode five. <laughs> oh, They've turned man. on their tractor beam. Oh my god, we can't get away from this moon. Is this the right movie? I forgot. <laughs> that's okay. no moon. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all right. If it comes back to me, I'll mention it. But whatever. Can I just say one one thing that we talked about over the holiday break, Hunter? That yeah, of a lot of people don't understand. Sure. And you know, every year we talked about this last episode. We watch Muppets Christmas Carol. Yep. Yep. Miss Piggy mm -hmm. and Yoda. Same voice actor. Really? A lot of people just, yeah, it's true. I mean, Frank, I hear it. Frank Oz, yeah. Mm. <laughs> A craving I have for taquitos and cheese dip. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and then Miss Piggy, you know, it's it's he's a genius. No he's doubt. he's the puppeteer and the voice actor for both wow. of them. Wow. Wow, that's great. Freak Oz, That's ladies impressive. and gentlemen. Yeah, there's a real, a real magical time there for a while mm. with the puppets. What happened, man? What happened <laughs> to everything? CGI. Yeah, that's true. What a bunch of garbage. It's like another episode, right? Like yeah. what happened to movies? <laughs> I want to see a cut of Lord of the Rings where, although Gollum is fantastic in Lord of the Rings, the mm -hmm. special effects on him and the mocap that they did was was ahead of its time. And in a lot of ways, better than a ton of the mocap that we're doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to see the puppet version of Smeagol. Because <laughs> I think oh, it would that's, be hilarious. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to see, like, Grover on top of Frodo's head biting his <laughs> finger off. <laughs> Grover? Grover's well, a, a puppet. Puppet Grover. Oh, yeah, puppet. What if it was Master Grover Master? riding riding around on Luke's back as he climbs vines and does backflips and stuff? Right, man, right. That would be pretty fun. Grover here! <laughs> Gosh, there's there's like a lot of 90s kids that were like, oh man, I remember that. And there was a lot of kids that never saw Grover before that were like, oh. Grover Cleveland? <laughs> uh, no, they did not say that. How could Mark Hamill lift Grover Cleveland? <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Hunter! I, I got to say one more thing before we get into the meat of the show here. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, the Babylon Bee has been absolutely cooking. It is insane. Whatever they have going on over there is wow. It is stuff. So, so, <laughs> um, 
you know, everyone's been talking about the Epstein leaks. We're going to talk about those once I get done reading through every single page for you rapscallions. Because one thing I refuse to do is to report on other people's reporting when I have such a treasure trove of direct sources. So I'm currently hundreds of pages of uh, of reading into those documents. Once we get done with that, we will be talking about the entire Epstein case and what it tells us. There's some very disturbing stuff in the documents already uh, about, I don't know, crippled astrophysicists as well as the Clinton Foundation. I mean, there's a lot going on in it. So, And there's more to come in theory. So we will be talking about that. But the Babylon Bee put out that Chris Christie, it was Chris Christie's was mentioned over 250 times in the released Sizzler files. Uh, <laughs> just... My- so it's like I think they're fans of the show. I think they've been listening in. <laughs> uh, our father <laughs> sent that to me on Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> "That's great." He gets it. He That's, gets it. Yep. And then, yeah. well, I think this one actually leads in perfectly to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So there was the leader of Hamas, Jamie. What? Find the leader of Hamas that got smoked for us, will you? Uh, there was. <laughs> There was a leader of Hamas that, that I think it was maybe the IDF and some American intelligence officers killed. He was like in Beirut or something. Like he wasn't anywhere near Gaza. He was running away. Jamie, I also find out where they killed him. Um, but anyhow, almost simultaneously, Claudine Gay resigned from Harvard and the Babylon Bee posts uh, – Tragic. tragic Hamas loses two leaders in one day with a picture of both of them I yeah. mean they're just they're on something right now they're on a tear no doubt no it, doubt. W- it was worth every penny uh, Elon Musk got every penny's worth out of buying Twitter just to get the Babylon B back because they are they're on fire right now yeah yeah how how uh while we hunt this down like how how what what would you put the over under on or over under Elon Musk runs for president in the next two elections? Man, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I I guess I I hadn't ever considered that, but I guess I think it's kind of high. So over then, okay. Yeah, I, I, I would, would I would almost take agree over. with you. I at least like. Like if Kid Rock is seriously thinking about it, good you know, God, I can't vote for Kid Rock. Even well, if I'm not saying I can't either, but even if Kid Rock, I liked every single one of Kid Rock's policies, I could vote for him. Okay, because of like fair. his hat and his hair, yeah, and his terrible yeah. music. Jamie, do you have that info for us? We some Al Tahil killed in Lebanon. All right, good riddance. Yeah, for real. Let's have a moment of silence. Okay, great. Wow. Thanks for joining us for that. That um, was even too long for me. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, what a what a wonderful thing to hear that yeah. um, he's dead. Yeah. It really brightened yeah. my day. Um, yeah, it's too bad it, he had to be in Lebanon for any amount of time. I'm sure the wonderful Lebanese people hated that. Uh, mm-hmm. But regardless, how how very disgusting. Hey, Hunter, let's talk for a minute about OnlineTherapy.com. Now, I know that therapy has 
been a giant help and played a huge role in the lives of many people that are close to me. And it probably has done the same or could do the same for some people listening right now. Yeah, no doubt. Therapy has been a huge help in my life. Uh, I've really benefited from it. And one of my favorite things about OnlineTherapy.com is that they utilize cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Uh, this is the idea that your thoughts are what cause your feelings and behaviors, not external stimuli like people, situation, and events. Are you getting angry? Well, that really originates in you, and cognitive behavioral therapy helps you deal with it in a positive way. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited about OnlineTherapy.com partnering with us is because CBT is a thing that we, we talk about on the show all the time. and something that we actually believe in, that it's the main type of psychological intervention that works. So I'm super excited to be joining up with them. Let me tell you a little bit about how it works. So users that sign up for the system will get paired with a qualified therapist, somebody that has dealt with issues like they're dealing with, and that therapist is going to put together a plan for them. Now, this can involve worksheets, journaling, unlimited messaging with that therapist, and a weekly live session where the therapist and the patient can meet face-to-face, whether it's through video chat or just an audio call, and discuss issues in real time. So there's a lot of different avenues by which you can access the help that you need and the therapist that's assigned to you. That might sound great to you. But does OnlineTherapy.com actually specialize in the mental difficulty that you're struggling with? Well, the answer is more than likely yes. They specialize in anger management, OCD, panic attacks, weight loss, social anxiety, adoption, intimacy, infertility. If you name it, chances are OnlineTherapy.com has a therapist that specializes in your problem and is ready to speak to you today. And not only that, they also offer couples therapy. So if you and your significant other need to talk to someone about some serious issues in your life, OnlineTherapy.com can help with that as well. That's right. So we're super pumped to be joining forces with them and truly hope that they can help out some of our listeners and help folks get back on track. Go to carlpooling.com slash therapy to access our special offer we have 20 percent off your first month when you sign up now at onlinetherapy.com through our link so again that's carlpooling.com slash therapy cbt is real it's useful it's powerful it's helped people that i love and it can help you too so if you need help if you're looking for help reach out to them and that'll also help support the show so let's get back to it all right, well, let's jump in. So today we're talking about the Harvard Claudine Gay kerfuffle in general. Because mm. uh, there's been some just completely debased media circulating this. And if you dive past the headlines, there's actually some interesting transactional stuff that's going on here. So Hunter, why don't you give the folks an overview of how we got to... 1-8-2024 Anno Domine. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this all starts with um, Hamas's attack on Israel, right? And it's one of the most brutal, violent displays of barbarism that we've seen in the modern day, and it's on TikTok while it's happening, right? Um, just some of the cruelest things that could only happen uh, in the modern age, you know, not to relitigate too much of this, but, you know, like 
people not knowing where their family members are and then checking their Facebook pages only to find dead pictures of their relatives on their Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, monstrous evil stuff and horrifying and enough's been said about, about that by us on this podcast and probably everywhere you looked and Israel is out there doing what it needs to do to make sure this never happens again, which would be exactly what you would say any nation would be allowed to do if it was attacked unprovoked in this manner. Unless Um, they're Jews and then everybody seems to not be able to put it together. Right, exactly. And so what we've seen, which has just been phenomenal, uh, and I mean that in the worst possible sense, in the most shocking and surprising sense, is that right after that, in some of the largest Western cities uh, known to us, people identifying with uh, the Palestinian flag and wearing that scarf that is all connected to Hamas are standing in Sydney, Australia. They're standing in London. They're standing in New York. They're they're all across Western cities, liberal Western cities, and basically cheering on Hamas, you know, saying chants that are genocidal, as they say, from the river to the sea, meaning that there will be no home for the Jews. You know, Palestine will reclaim the land. There will be no place for the Jewish people. They'll be wiped out, and there will be no safe place for them to go, uh, which is the whole reason Israel was uh, created at the end of World War II, essentially, right. was to make sure that never happened again. Um, They're the t- other- calling for the intifada, which mm-hmm. is absolutely not an obscure term. The intifada means uh, we're calling for violence in the streets, targeting a genius group in the hopes of killing them. That is what the Intifada was. Both Intifadas were. I think one of the most insane things I saw was in Sydney, Australia, and this has just stuck with me because I I, I cannot believe this happened in the same week that Israel was attacked, but there's a group of people in Australia dressed up in this manner with the flags, and they are saying, gas the Jews, right? Which is... Incredible that that's happening in a Western uh, democracy country, in a democracy for that matter. Yeah. Well, and, not, I'm sorry. Australia used to be a democracy. Sure, then COVID happened, sure. and I don't know what they are anymore. But who knows? And also, f the Jews, and that's happening. Like, honestly, gas the Jews is worse because of all, everything it correlates to, and how much that other word has been degraded in our culture. Yeah. But it's it's some of the most. Everybody agreed this was wrong, evil, and terrible, and here it is happening in our streets, and it's just so shocking to see it actually happen. Yeah, okay. and, and that that is the crazy part up front, as as, as we lay the context for the, the Harvard situation. Right. Yeah, and so this, this was the this was the baseline is the patient breathing political morality test in the West since 1946 you know that Mm, mm -hmm. it it was okay well what does what does pure evil look like it looks a lot like what we started digging up in Birkenau and Auschwitz that's what it looks like yeah exactly and so the the backstop for all political discourse was the that Hitler, you're a Nazi. You're a not. Don't be a Nazi. Don't be a brown shirt. Don't be a national socialist. Don't be Hitler. Mm-hmm. And then we watch live stream after live stream 
of the corpses of Jewish teenage girls being paraded through Gaza. And everybody decides that that, and, and I'll be honest, it's a bunch of American Muslims that are doing, and, and Western Muslims and in uh, countries like London, uh, Australia, mm-hmm. countries like London, countries like the UK, <laughs> um, <laughs> Australia, America that are doing this. And it's a bunch of these online streamer bro midwit losers and their 17-year-old followers um, that are, are doing this. But by the numbers, America still vastly supports Israel. But the younger generation do, do not. And so it's a bunch of infantilized, man-child, neckbeard, no-job losers who don't support Israel. Um, and they're, have never met their dad punk girlfriends so there you go anyhow that's that's the score it is shocking though that that we took we took the vital sign of political morality and threw it out the window and that the impetus for that wasn't some you know missed bomb strike by israel some military tragedy where civilians were hurt it was the it was the recalcitrant murder of innocents in Israel by an invading terrorist force that made everyone go, oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, Hamas was right about that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. absolutely, a- absolutely beyond the pale, wild behavior. Right. And so, not you know, one of the things that's important to remember here is, like, you know, there were Jewish women being uh, basically stripped to their undergarments driven through the streets of Gaza and it wasn't Hamas out there going, wow, isn't this great? It was the people. And it's like, there, there's a lot being said about everything that's going on and everything is wild and crazy. Name one person, or I should say that better. Nate, cause you could probably find one person that we would all celebrate uh, people that are truly, truly, truly evil in the world. Uh, you know, leaders of, you know, uh, American media companies? No, like uh, <laughs> terrorist <laughs> terrorist organizations, right? Like we would all be like, "Yay!" But we dad. repeat ourselves. But <laughs> we don't. <laughs> and so, and uh, but but like, name one people group that would celebrate, or name one people group we could drag a random representative of that through the streets of America, basically dead or almost dead, broken and dismembered, and people would line up and cheer. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's insanity. It's utter it's insanity. It's human behavior. You know, and, mm. and I'll just say this. We didn't get into this so much on our, our first show. Mm. Tim Kennedy, uh, I think he was interviewed by Ben Shapiro. Tim Kennedy is uh, an ex-Special Forces. I mean, he's a bad-to-the-bone operator. He actually was boots on the ground in Israel after the attacks on October 7th. And he talked about fighting insurgencies and how it's so hard to fight insurgencies and said one of the reasons that america hasn't definitively won a war since world war ii is because we fight in these insurgent groups and we we have mm-hmm. these obscene rules of engagement that make it very difficult to do the job that needs to be done and part of the issue is that right if you're in a place like gaza you've got a uh, 11 year old boy that's carrying ammo to the uniformed isis fighter well, in America, mm. that person's wearing a uniform, and they're of age, and they're drafted, they're on the payroll. Right. In Gaza, they're not, right? 
and the right. people preparing their meals and the people scouting for them and sharing information back. And he says that the so his his experience fighting insurgencies and and actually talking about making maps of mm. insurgent populaces that map okay here's the fighter but here's his support network here's the people that are financing him here's mm. the people that are sheltering him here's the people that are supplying him that yeah. the ratio is like one to 20 wow. one uniform fighter to 20 support structure who in a who in a real state military would all be uniformed right and right, so right, when you right. apply that math to the Gaza Strip, when you just apply the multiplier, there are no innocents in the Gaza Strip. Mm. I'm not saying that there are no innocents in the Gaza Strip. But what I am saying is that when you see a bunch of people that are ununiformed, a bunch of 7 through 11-year-old boys out there spitting on the corpses of raped and bleeding out Jewish girls, it's like you've, you've got a real a real catch 22 on your hands about how you solve problems of evil like that so anyhow yeah yeah i I definitely it's worth pointing out i definitely think there are innocent palestinians and people that are like who who do not want this and i would also say that they are in a very very dire situation where i mean i don't know i don't know how you even begin to say that politically there you know like when you talk about free speech it's like how how can you even present yourself as such and like also just the fact of what we've seen with our own eyes in certain situations makes it undeniable that not everyone's innocent you know there are a lot of people putting their blood and treasure and children on the lines with this and um and clearly clearly everybody is behaving as if there are innocents in Gaza, and I'm not saying that we should stop. I mean, the IDF obviously believes that there's innocence in Gaza. You shouldn't probably not kill women in a war. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'll say that more definitively. You should not shoot non-women combatants in a war, even You're, if they're helping their soldiers, right? I, I'll say that the the bar has got to be pretty high. The The burden of proof has got to be very pretty high. You, yeah. Like, there's times to shoot women, for sure. Like, when women are shooting at you. You know what I'm saying? But, like... That's that's it, right? <laughs> well, you know, like... But if it's, like... If... if Who of us would begrudge a woman protecting her husband in her own, you know, territory, right? In her own home, you know, during a wartime? And who of us would say that that woman deserves to be shot for that? You know, yeah. like... Well, it, and it's... Th- this is the tough part because I agree with you. Like I don't, mm. I wouldn't condemn that individual action necessarily. Right. However, there's more than that going on. If your leadership put you in a situation where your husband is mm. now an enemy of a free people. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you, it is moral to defend him. Maybe, but also that doesn't mean it's other people's responsibility to protect you from the sins that you committed. You know, yeah. the, or the sins that he committed. Yeah, it's so. it's wrong to enable, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the thing, and you probably see a lot of that going on. And this is the one that's just obvious. It's absolutely immoral to celebrate, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's the that, thing. Like that's the that's the bright shining line for me is that you know when um, Osama bin Laden died, you know, heck yeah, we got that guy. You know, edited myself there pretty hard, um, but you know, like I don't, I don't celebrate most people dying in wars you know i'm not yeah, happy that russians are dying the death in ukraine of butchers. exactly i don't celebrate that russians are being forced to the front to, to die in ukraine you know and vice versa you know like 
it's not something I'm particularly happy about. But let, let's maybe leave that there unless you have something else to say. Um, no, this show is about to be about Harvard. <laughs> and so, okay, so that that's the context of what's happening in Israel right now, right? Is It is one of the most egregious things that has ever happened. One people group attacking another people group in modern history. In the last 70 years, right, it's yeah. one of the most barbaric things that has ever happened. And yes, it's probably up there with Ukraine, but definitely the images that we saw coming out of it and the glee surrounding it was something quite different than what happened in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, Okay. absolutely. So then what did we see beyond that? We saw the uh, people in cities. We also saw people at Ivy League universities protesting, celebrating this, and basically saying we... You know, this is good. This is a press people standing up for themselves. If you'll remember, Christopher, there's that Cornell professor who was exhilarated yeah. after the Hamas attack. And he said that in public on a mic and meant to use that word. And it's like, this is the Ivy League. This is the this is the Ivy League. These useful idiots actually believe this diversity crap. Yeah, <laughs> you they know, really actually do. believe. Yeah, they, really they super do. do. The, the frothing, almost sexual ecstasy of some of these people looking at the images coming out of Israel is one of the most perverse, evil, insidious things that I've ever witnessed. And I'll tell you, it makes me uncomfortable to know that those people live in my neighborhood, in, mm. in my country. Uh, that's not American values. And this is the, the disaster of multiculturalism. Uh, in a certain sense. So, absolutely disgusting stuff. Was that a Kentucky Derby horse name? Uh, maybe, it, like, if it's not yet, it will be soon. Um, Give it frothing a almost sexual ecstasy <laughs> wins. He's coming around the second bend. Um, <laughs> anyhow, all right. But, yeah, it's... it's what a change in tone. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Um, so... You have it, it is just more apparent every day that going to college now removes all of the ridges from your brain so that good ideas can simply slide off the back of them down into your spinal column somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's the score. And you have all of these students protesting Intifada now, start the Intifada, mm -hmm. gas the Jews. Tearing down posters of... Uh, Jews who have been uh, essentially kidnapped Which is and taken just as hostages. Sick. It's just right. It's just sick. wrong. Yes, yes. And they're calling. They're making genocidal calls, like from the river to the sea. Mm -hmm. And in the milieu of all this, a cohort of professors from Ivy League universities. I think it was like UPenn, Harvard, some MIT. other third thing, MIT got mm -hmm. called to testify in front of Congress. And all three of them, like obedient little odious troll lapdogs, refused to say that calling for genocide was in violation of the incredibly strict standards of speech that exist on these campuses. And Hunter, mm -hmm. let me let me make a point right here. Yeah. Because um, this is a nuanced conservative principles point. I don't believe that walking around the street and shouting Intifada now should be illegal, necessarily. Sure. sure. Unless 
you have guns and you mean like like right the heck now you know what i'm saying unless it's more of an active call to violence than that of course changes the context however that's not how clouding gay and her ilk have been behaving over the past decade Mm -hmm. that's my standard which because that standard lets people say uh immigrants are destroying our country that standard lets people say things about nazis who i detest Mm -hmm. that standard lets people say grotesque things and politically inconvenient things across the spectrum because i believe in free speech Mm -hmm. but these harvard university in particular has one of the most restrictive speech codes on planet earth the things that you're not allowed to say there. I mean, it's it's basically, it's. I hate to even make this analogy, but it's basically the United Kingdom at this point. Oh my goodness! Just uh, disgusting, dude. The, the stuff they're arresting people in the UK for now, it's so crazy. Uh, it's nuts, man. But but regardless, it's it's basically a different country on Harvard campus with what you are allowed and not allowed to say. If you misgender someone on a campus. You can face disciplinary action up to dismissal. Well, Harvard campus was the one where they were like that one professor was basically explaining, you know, costumes or whatever, Halloween costumes and saying that it was okay that people there didn't need to be any rules or regulations around what people could wear to Halloween and like has students all around him literally screaming at him saying, you are not, you know, this is supposed to be a safe place. You're supposed to make this safe for us. I mean, it's just like, yeah. And wearing me wearing a sombrero on Halloween is literally killing us. Right. That's my favorite one. They do. Um, yeah. Uh, people that have never seen anyone literally die, but that, that, that that's why you would say that <laughs> is the milieu of Harvard. Mm-hmm. So if you're not allowed to say, ah, I think it's okay if a kid wears a sombrero. If that's against the rules, then how is Intifada now within the rules? And yet, yes, they go to Congress and they testify in front of Congress and they're asked the question, is calling for genocide on your campus a violation of your speech codes? To go back to the earlier point, this was the political vital sign. The are you breathing? Are you alive? Blink twice if you think the Nazis were evil. Heartbeat. Moral backstop. The presidents of three Ivy League universities what are meant to be the pinnacles of intelligentsia mm. and progressive... I mean that in the classical sense, progressive thought in the West couldn't get the Nazis are bad answer right. Mm. All three of them failed to say, yeah, calling for genocide is wrong. Wearing a sombrero, fine. We, we'll kick people off campus for, for saying that they think it's okay to wear a sombrero because obviously mm. that's hateful. And could make marginalized groups feel marginalized. But mm. in the Whoopi Goldbergian logic of Jews are just a different flavor of white people, you're not allowed to say that calling for the genocide of Jewish people 
is not protected. Mm. And so they all went down the line and effectively gave this answer that was so smarmy. It's one of those answers where they use a bunch of words and they posture their face just so. And they speak down to the person asking the question in a learned behavior where they, as members of prestigious universities with prestigious positions, have been taught they can get away with saying the most ignorant BS dog water and get away with it because they can demean people with their position instead of their Mm -hmm. ideas. Mm. And they go, well, it would have to have action associated backing it up for it to be because it's just simply saying it. That's freedom of speech. It's like, wow, I didn't know you guys gave a, a, a warm pee pee about freedom of speech. And now it seems that you guys are all about it. And what's crazy is that you've got speech codes and to violate the speech codes, according to what you just said, that the only way for me to violate the speech codes about the Jews, if you remember like the Holocaust, that whole chestnut, the only way for me to to violate that is to mm. actually commit genocide. Yeah, I'm allowed to call for genocide. But to violate not the genocide codes at Harvard, the speech codes at Harvard, I have to perform genocide. And performative genocide will make my speech unprotected. That's, that's how stupid the presidents of our Ivy League universities are. And they think that, you, that the average uh, stay-at-home mom or day-drunk adult watching C-SPAN is too <laughs> retarded to understand that that is the most insipid backwards logic. So as long as they sit up straight and say it in a demeaning tone that we'll just buy it because it's couched in a bunch of 17 cent words. Well, I don't buy it because I've got a prefrontal cortex (laughs) that still occasionally generates heat. Unlike the members of our academic elite class. I'll be 100% honest with you. The first time I heard like clips of this, I'd never heard the word. I just didn't register the word genocide. And so I was like, okay, I'm not super getting the there there, if that makes sense. And then when I heard, I was listening to another podcast and I was like, they they emphasize the, the genocide portion of it. And like I said, I don't think when I was watching the clip, that word just didn't register, wasn't in the clip, whatever it is. It's almost and I was too like, stupid to process. It, 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 yeah, it literally. I I literally think that might be some of it too. Is just it's 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 mind boggling that someone says if that speech is connected to action, then yes, it may violate our policies. And it's like the word is genocide. The word is genocide that we're talking about. And to say like here here's the only test you need to do. Like this is this is the only test you need to do to prove that this is absolute nonsense and this is a lie is. Go on to Harvard's campus right now, yep. stand somewhere publicly, and say as loudly as you can, Claudine Gay is ugly and a fraud. Just say that over and over and over, right? And see what happens to you. And see what happens to your reputation. And see what happens to you in polite society. And see everything that gets ruined in your entire life. Yeah. Right? You'll, you won't get a job. You'll never be able to work for a Fortune 500 company again. You maybe get a job in politics, but hey, did you really want to get it that way? It, you know, you, like. If you want to ramp it up to 11, say Claudine Gay is a diversity hire. Yeah. Because that's know, the it, truth. I, say it. Well, see what happens to you. 
Well, and what I wanted to say in that point that I was making is she's obviously not ugly, right? And so it's spurious. It's spurious. Like it's it's not it's not connected to the facts. But what I'm trying to say is like if you said that, the backlash would have been so intense. So if if you had been a student of Harvard and it said something like that, right? I mean, like that would if you would have said she's fat, right? Like with all this nonsense we have around body positivity and people, I guarantee it. If a student of Harvard went onto that campus and said Claudine Gay is ugly. Someone would have called him a racist, right? Yeah, and 100%. a sexist. And a sexist and all those things. And it's like he would have been off that campus. He would have been or he would have been suspended or something would have happened. Call for the genocide of Jews and she'll go in front of Congress and defend you. Mm-hmm. And, and the, insanity. The Utter insanity. The immediate analog is call for the genocide of, of Gazans. Try that right. one and see how long you last. Right. Yeah. So, no so I mean that, that that's the proof positive there. Sure. If you don't believe what Hunter's saying, that there is no length to which these universities will go to protect diversity hires like Claudine Gay, all you have to do is read one news article because after they <laughs> made those statements, the which abhorrent statements, like I said, they failed the most basic test well, of political compassry in the American experiment, what happened afterwards is every single member of the faculty, of the board, of the staff came out and saw how, how vigorously they could, they could rustle the genitals of terrorists and of the, the pseudo-intellectual class. They, mm. they attempted to fluff up everything Claudine Gay did as stalwart and brilliant, and she's under these racist, sexist attacks from unscrupulous right-wingers in Congress, and that they were going to defend her lock, stock, and barrel. That was their answer. And that, so when she failed the most, the most basic two plus two equals how about don't kill a bunch of Jewish people, they said, nope, she's brilliant and brave and beautiful, and the only reason you don't like her is because you're a, a ist. Yep. And it's important to know that before that defense of her came out, UPenn's president was already gone. Yeah. Right. right? And didn't have a didn't have a prayer, even tried to do a, an apology and was immediately uh, kicked out. Right? Hunter, what and color was UPenn's president again? Uh, she was white. Aha. 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 We would have gotten I, away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling Carl Poolers and your pesky dog. Uh, yeah. Jamie's a computer, but sometimes uh-huh. she's a dog. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, thank you, Appreciate Jamie. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, yeah, that's we that's, found the conspiracy. <laughs> but but no, and 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 so like you know it's bad, and you know here here's the other thing too. Who are the donors for these schools? A bunch you know? of Jews. No, I'm just kidding. Well, but oh, I mean, I'm not totally getting it. There are a know, bunch of it, Jewish donors. It would be it would be it would be really interesting. Of course, we'll get into more about what happens in Harvard, but it would be really interesting to know who the donors that actually moved the needle on these presidents getting fired, who they voted for in the 2020 election. Yeah, it'd be interesting I, to know. I would be, it, it would be, a. I think we know where that would go. Maybe we would be surprised and shocked, uh, but I would imagine it would go exactly the way we would think it would. I, um, I believe very deeply that there are some, um, let's say, culturally Jewish elites that will change their voting patterns over this. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe it's impossible that that doesn't happen, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. The universities come out and they defend these individuals, primarily Claudine Gay. Mm-hmm. What happens next is we learn about the true depth of the diversity hiredness of Claudine Gay. Mm-hmm. So after people started looking in to her tenure and track record as president of Harvard, effectively we learned that her entire career was borrowed without citation from other academics. Mm-hmm. There's so many allegations, and some of the instances are missing commas, which, Hunter, you graduated college. I sure did. I graduated college. Did your, did your school have a, have a online plagiarism checker? Um, I don't know if it was our schools, but we used one. Yeah. I guess that's the best way to say it. How many papers do you say you wrote during your undergrad? Oh, I don't know. I mean, let's just put it at 20. That seems like a, probably a fair number. I mean, I wrote 20 for one class in certain certain classes, but... <clears throat> I went to not, not the school you went to. <laughs> okay. How... how? I mean, I, I would say I wrote 100. Yeah. Um, of varying I think I know where, Yeah. Fair, fine. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Did you ever commit plagiarism? Uh, that... So that's an interesting question, and it's one that I, I will put this way. Whenever you throw it into those um, systems, right, mm-hmm. they always come back with a percentage of what you had showed up in other texts. Right. Right. Sometimes that would literally be like my quotation, my citation at the end of the paragraph. Like, yeah. And it's like, well— no, that didn't come from there or anything like that. Sometimes I'd be taking a point and it would say, hey, these three or four words, whatever the right percentage is for it to be at, like, that, I, can, I don't know how to say this in the right way, but like whatever, there was a percentage that you had to hit, right, right in, those, in those sources because, of course, There's, the algorithm's not perfect and everything like that. I was always on the right side of it and I always checked it. Right, so I never, right. like, intentionally took words from somebody else and put them into my paper. But there's a lot of papers out there in the entire world and the database grows day by day. And sometimes I had those words in my paper and I did my best to edit that out to the best of my ability. Did you ever have an entire paragraph get flagged? Like even one time? Yeah, because that would be impossible almost. Right. No, Um, completely true. Yeah. Clouding Gay has multiple instances where without citation, there are entire paragraphs airdropped into into her academic work. That's horrifying. I mean, this is obviously somebody that intentionally plagiarized. Right. It, right. Unless she has an army of Shakespeare's monkeys typing her every possible term paper for her, and then mm-hmm. she uploads the one with the most plagiarism. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is somebody that I'm looking at an example right now. She wrote a, a paper called Taking Charge, and there is literally an entire paragraph lifted from... Bobo and Gilliam's Race, Sociopolitical Participation in Black Empowerment, which was published wow. in 1990. Now, she does credit them in line here, but she only uses quote mar- marks over three words 
of the paragraph, whereas the rest of the paragraph is still pl- is still plagiarized almost word for word. That's horrifying. So effectively, she's saying that they're the she does say, well, this is their idea, but it's she's claiming the word choice and the structure as her own by mm. intentionally quoting part of it, yeah. but o- but not the majority of it. Um, right, there's right. example after example after example after example of whole sentences, whole paragraphs just magically floating into her paper. What right. does this tell us? Well, I'll tell you one thing it tells me right off the bat. Special treatment in her academic career. Because if you had uploaded that paper, yeah. you would have you would have been flagged for plagiarism. Correct, yeah. Yeah. So, so should have been nonetheless. Exactly. So somewhere along the lines, we're letting things slip Mm -hmm. in a pretty fundamental way here. Mm. Not only that, but it also tells me that she didn't earn her position. She she didn't have what it took to cut it at Harvard and to be successful without stealing ideas from seminal pieces of work from other academics. Mm. Mm -hmm. And much like the defense that was made for her over the palestinian conflict the reason that she got her position now had a whole lot more to do with her sex and her skin color than her achievement because her achievement was obviously faked this is one of the things that i actually think is important to touch on is not only does it look like she plagiarized um her output of papers actually seems relatively low to other academics in that position yeah um she which is she's published 11 papers yeah i mean that's just that's insane i mean for someone to be president of harvard with that low of a output um you know for those who don't know like the way you're you advance in your career as a professor right or doctor whatever doctorate you know however you want to qualify that is you a publish papers in prestigious journals and you do it a lot right and b people cite your work and so those two things determine who the best professors are right Mm -hmm. it's like the best project managers are the project managers who do the projects on schedule and make a lot of money and manage the budget well all those things you know and like the marks for a professor are those two things right yeah Um, so and so it's let me just read this blurb just so you can understand how not prolific she was and what a wild percentage of her work contained plagiarism. I'm going to read half. It's, it's about half. I'm going to read this one blurb from the Washington post. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you see what I just did? Claudine gay. <laughs> it's that easy. Mm. Okay. The reports published in various outlets collected nearly 50 instances in which Gay allegedly misused academic sources. They appear in eight of her works, a 1993 essay in the magazine Origins. So this is even more disgusting because this isn't even just an academic pursuit. Mm -hmm. This is pop culture. She's probably getting some kind of payment for writing this article. Mm -hmm. And she plagiarized somebody else's work and put it out into the the non-academic world. That's disgusting. Her dissertation from 1997, so literally the reason that she has PhD next to her name, Claudine Gay, is a doctor, is based on a dissertation where she plagiarized material, a 2001 working paper, and five articles she published while a professor at Stanford and Harvard, out of a total of 11 journal publications across her career. 
So she has 11 publications, and they found plagiarism in five of them. Eight total papers containing plagiarism. And in those eight papers, they found 50 instances of plagiarism. 50 across eight papers, which means that there are over 10 instances of plagiarism per paper on average. Wow. So this isn't a mistake. This is a systematic, I have no idea what I'm talking about, and so I'm going to steal other people's ideas to get ahead and get what I want. And a systematic looking the other way of the the intellectual institution to enable her to do just that. Mm. So it's, I mean, it's just gross. so depressing. It's so depressing. It's so depressing for like an institution like Harvard to fail so morally and academically. And if you're looking for instances that were going to give you hope that in this new Cold War that America seems to be entering on, that we had the best and brightest in place to handle this just incredibly difficult season we're going to handle into foreign policy in the next 10 years or so, or maybe one, depending on how fast things happen. This does not make me, this does not fill me with warmth. You know, it's just, this doesn't make me feel excited about the future for sure. So shocking. Um, And so I guess to kind of put a nice little bow on it is, you know, happy new years to us. Claudine Gay resigns. Right. (laughs) Right. And well, before, right before we get there. Sure. Yeah. I just want to talk about the most egregious because a lot of these other academics came out and soft peddled Claudine Gay because they had to because they have to go. Oh, the Harvard you, board did. You stole from me. Well, that's okay. You're oppressed, and also they're beneficiaries of the same system, Uroborian massage circle that is happening at these sec- post secondary institutions where yeah. everybody just um, pats each other. Um, in the most grotesque ways. The one pure thug gangster, not a not a, a right-winger by any means, but the pure gangster that came out and said, no, no, I don't give Claudine Gay a pass for this, mm. is Dr. Carol M. Swain. Carol Swain wrote Black Faces, Black Interests, The Representation of African Americans in Congress, came out in 1993 and it was a it was a profoundly important piece of work in that field and Claudine Gay copied large swaths of it to graduate from school um she came out on Twitter and said a couple of of just wonderful things about it here's her her tweet that I'm going to read in its entirety again I cited a source I have some free unsolicited advice for Harvard University. One, stop listening to the apologists for plagiarism. Two, fire Claudine Gay post-haste. She can be relieved of duties until the terms are negotiated. Three, stop listening to the racist mob of whites and blacks who cry racism while being among the worst offenders. 
Four, hire the best man or woman who can steer the university back towards sanity. Appeasing the Marxist identity politics mob should not be a consideration. The person for the job might be a middle to older age white Jewish man who believes in classical liberalism. Five, have a sit down conversation with the people who have been harmed by the plagiarism of gay and the system that protects her. Six, recognize that Harvard's systematic racism and classism have far-reaching effects. Seven, apologize to alumni, students, parents, and donors who have been harmed and embarrassed. I just want to point out, Carol M. Swain is a black lady. So, absolutely took the baseball bat out of the trunk of the academic car and beat the knees of Harvard on Twitter over the weekend not only that I, I if you saw the the tweet from michelle or the article from michelle obama where she's saying that uh she's terrified of what could possibly happen in the 2024 presidential election quote because right. our leaders matter who we select who speaks for us who holds the bully pu pulpit it affects us in ways that sometimes i think people take for granted uh carol came out and subtweeted michelle obama and said michelle rest assured that the rest of america is terrified along with you our agencies and leaders are corrupt because our nation has been fundamentally changed from within instead of america leading the free world we have allowed ourselves to become a banana republic kaboom so carol wow. m swain for president as far as i'm concerned at yeah. this point and again she's no right winger but uh, uh, definitely reading the tea leaves at the bottom of this divining cup accurately as far as I'm concerned. So, Can you imagine the Trump swaying ticket? Man, that would man. be dirty dangles on the yeah. Trump swaying ticket. And, and, and I don't I don't even want them to like like policy decisions or anything like that. I just want them to I just want them to lean in and just trigger everyone for the rest of time. That's you right. know, like that's really what I want. You know? Man, Trump with a black woman on his ticket would fry so <laughs> many, it would short circuit so many people. Can you imagine? Great. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. every liberal's firmware getting reset when that happens. Mm. Mm -hmm. Especially anyway. one who seems to be as fiery as Miss Swain is. Yeah. So. Or Dr. So, Swain. I don't know if she's a doctor or not. Uh, she is. Dr. Swain, okay. the Swain train bringing the pain. That's um, nice. President Trump and Dr. Swain. That that's 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 good. That's There's something to that. Something to that there. So yeah. anyway, this I, I just wanted to point that out that a bunch of these people, even the victims of Claudine's plagiarism, started to carry water for her. But there are yeah. still reasonable people who can speak the truth in the academic world. A huge uh, round of applause for Carol Swain's defense of that. Okay, let's cut to what you where you were headed, Hunter, which is that. Claudine yeah. Gay did resign last Tuesday or two Tuesdays ago. Yep. She steps down and everyone, you know, says we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we think it's the right decision. And it seems like Harvard's board finally got on board with this. That's a pun. <laughs> they, oh, thank you, Hunter. It wasn't yeah. a good one. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, and so, well, and I think this is a very nuanced part of the conversation. Um, I think this is really important for us to key in on and listen to and think and process all this. And I think if you really, really wake up a little bit, you will see this place in our culture um, where there are actually three sides in this one article instead of two. Uh, and as many times as we want to believe that there are three, that there are two, there's actually three. And this year is going to prove it out in a lot of ways. And especially as you have conversations with other people, 
Um, but let let's talk about this real quick. And really, the truth is, there's more than two. There's you know, there's a lot, but you get will it'll hopefully make sense what I'm saying. Three, um, the AP puts out this little chestnut, and it is an absolute nightmare of a headline. Harvard president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges, plagiarism. And so the long story short here is that Republicans, Republicans are going to use the criteria that the colleges themselves have accepted to judge themselves and to say they're in right moral standing, the ethics that they guide themselves by. Republicans are going to find where the colleges have failed in that. And because they're going to do that, to remove corrupt professors, administrators, et cetera, et cetera, from the college itself, it is their new weapon. The very thing that upholds them and gives them position and weight and makes their institution mean something is actually, and we didn't know this till the AP wrote this for us, it is the weapon of Republicans. It's a political point now. Um, I have so much that, to say about this. Sure, go. Yeah. Credit card companies find new weapon in their fight against my future financial success. Yeah. Colon, my crippling spending habits. Yeah. Like, do you, do you hear how stupid you sound? So, here's the argument that that headline is making. There's a two-tiered structure here. And I'm going to break it down so that we can look at its stupidity on full display. We're going to dissect this headline like a frog after seven weeks of biology classes where every little pit of it is pinioned and flagged, okay? Here's the top tier. Here's the top analysis level. Republicans and Democrats and institutions don't really care about plagiarism. It's, it's a rule, but it's kind of not, you know, it's a rule that we mostly have so we can choose when to apply it and choose when not to. Uh, but nobody really cares about it, except for when you think it's politically expedient for you to care about it. So what they're saying is that the, the Republicans found it expedient, so they pretended to care about plagiarism now. Really, it's just weaponized. That is a very stupid point of view. And here's why it's a very stupid point of view. What Republicans are there on the board of Harvard that accepted and and institutionalized these plagiarism standards? Mm-hmm. Is, is, the, is there a secret cabal at the top of Harvard of these these evil right-wingers that are like, huh, how can we play a power game here? How can we utilize this for our own benefit? These institutions have been run by the most smooth-brained leftist morons for decades now. For decades. They preceded it in the general culture by at least 20 years, and probably more, really ever since the 60s. And so that claim is completely spurless because if if 
the intent and and here's where i think that they're they're tipping their hand a little bit if the intent of plagiarism guidelines Mm -hmm. is simply to play a power game and we'll will administer them unequally as we see fit then the perpetrators of that sin are not the the conservatives it's the liberals that run these institutions and set up that power structure and then enforce it so you're proving the wrong point here's so here's the second tier of this cake since the first one is nonsense what you're saying is that somehow those crafty conservatives tricked the silly liberals into drafting these these plagiarism guidelines and promoting them and institutionalizing them because they're so wily and tricksty and we're just stupid moron liberals and we we take the bait every time because we're so dumb and not only did they trick us into promoting these principles they tricked Claudine Gay into violating them. <laughs> Those mm. tricky bastards. How did they trick her into breaking the rules that they tricked us into making? That's, that's how stupid. But, but I'll say this too. I'll say this too. It should not surprise us that this is the line of argumentation that they take. It should not surprise us. And here's why. Yeah. We have been doing this in our culture for at least 15 years playing this game well aoc says the reason that she stole the gucci handbag during the riot is because she's hungry for bread it's not her fault that she broke the rules it's the evil society's fault it's systematic racism's fault it's the republicans Mm. and congress's fault that she decided to break and enter and then commit a uh, a theft it is a perfect point. And it also, if you ever doubted for a moment that postmodernism is the philosophy of the day, this sentence should alleviate you of that illusion immediately. Uh, well said. Right. And it, it, it's, it's, it's exactly what's happening here. It's exactly what you just described is it is so obvious what is happening here in objective reality and objective fact and objective standards. And those are absolutely being done away with to win the power game. Yeah. Right? And that's what AP is after, and they're using language to achieve it. I mean, it, it's it, it's textbook postmodernism. And, and which, cultural Marxism. Right. Well, it goes directly into... Um, uh, oh, my goodness. Sorry. Um, I, I critical, critical theory and yeah. critical race theory. Exactly. Right? And so it's like those are the thought processes that funded though, or that brought about those social movements, those academic movements, right? And so here it is. Here it is in the front page. And so, you know, that that's one thing, right? That That's the sentence. This is the AP. And this is hard for people to wrap their minds around. The AP is like the ticker. Or it was like 10 years ago, where it was as down the middle news stories as you can possibly find. Like... I, I, Reuters. Back in college, I read AP every day. Every day. Reuters. Reuters and AP were like literally just the news, literally just the headlines, like sites. And now the AP, and we've seen, and this has been coming for a long time. I'm not saying that it just happened or anything. I mean, like the AP style guide says stuff that's just insane from time to time. Um, and there's stories about that. But this headline from the AP 
This isn't news. Nothing that's happening in this entire headline is news at all. It's it is all sensationalism. It is all opinion. It is all flavor, right? And it, mm-hmm. and it's obvious the bias that they're perpetuating here. And it's if the AP can't just write the news, who is? Right? And so it's just once again it's this undermining of our culture where it's just like look, postmodern thought is in this journalist being gumbeat go get it find the story you know and tell it like it is that's gone you don't have that anymore right because even the ap can't do it not only is this just flagrant bias it's pure Mm. ideological capture exactly exactly and you you know that the person who wrote this is a college grad in their late 20s early 30s right or somewhere in that line and this is the person that now runs these places. Yep. Right? It's insanity. Now, he- here's the third wrinkle to this, and I think it's important. Underneath this on Twitter, you get this little blurb, and this blurb says it exactly right. Plagiarism, a breach of rules for Harvard University. It has a link to the Harvard rules, obviously. Claudine Gay was ultimately forced to resign for a series of breaches of this policy. There's a link to what happened, you know, from, a, from the free beacon. Plagiarism or application of the rules around plagiarism, therefore cannot be considered a weapon. Perfectly fine context, perfectly fine reader's note, uh, just kind of adding some details to this thing. I want to really make this point, and I want to do this as well as I possibly can. Um, We know most of this, or a good bit of this, because of Chris Rufo. Uh, You may not know who Chris Rufo is. You may know a lot about him. Chris, I'm not sure if you've really seen him anywhere. He used to be a very like lefty academic type or journalistic type, mm-hmm. and then basically wound up on the right side of the aisle. He he is not a unbiased actor, right? And even used the term scalped when he said he got Claudine Gay to resign. You know, that was him announcing that. Went on to write a manifesto of how to redo this and how to keep this going and rah 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 we can get them all sort of rhetoric from chris rufo here um i've listened to chris rufo before i've listened to interviews and things with him that have been interesting to me and have like brought out all these segments and i think he's a smart guy and all that but one thing i always heard every time i've heard him speak is he absolutely 100 percent has an agenda mm-hmm. right yeah and that and i don't mean to be any way to say that that's the truth and it's obvious his rhetoric around this you know and i've written a manifesto on how to keep this going it's like man the guy is trying to drive traffic to him you know and that's fine you know like he did something good and he brought some attention to this but it also is you know there's that flavor there's that offness about it this is what i want you to kind of see in this art in this headline as well there are some people that are just out for blood right yeah and there are some people that are just out to get the heads and they're not they're not necessarily wanting to hold up how to say it they're not necessarily wanting to hold up the objective standard either either the thing that makes education worthwhile the thing that makes classical liberalism worthwhile and that is going to become so much more apparent the further we get along with this year oh for sure you know for sure and and i think we have to just remember the fact that and I, I really don't know the solution to this. This is one of the more strange things to me. But if, if this year continues down the path of 
we want Trump to get it, to get them, and we're going to continue to play these strange language games to you know make our absurd vision of the world become reality. Wow, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you know, we're we're playing two very dangerous games on both sides of the aisle here, yeah. and there doesn't seem to be a way to get off of it. Um, is it good that Claudine Gay got fired? Absolutely. Did she get fired for a real reason? Absolutely. But we should want the reason and the objective standard to be what is upheld, not getting scalps. Yeah. Right. And, and, and this, that's the, and that's the difference. And, and it's hard to tell the difference. And here's here's one of the reasons why it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, conservatives always lose. Yeah. Always lose these fights. Yeah. And oftentimes we we lose these fights because we don't headhunt. Um. I'm a locker up Hil- crooked Hillary. She yeah. And did did he do it? No. Could he have? Yeah. I, I think so. Everything I've seen about about the emails and Podesta, I think he absolutely could have. Um, mm. But we don't. We have to. B- and we don't have to because these people are evil and destroying our country we have to because this this idea is evil and it's destroying our country and it's it is demonically possessing individuals at all levels of our political intellectual cultural society yeah that's why we have to win these fights all the way but there has got to be a mechanism to come back. And we've we've yeah. talked about this before, but there's not a whole lot of options outside of an amicable breakup or something bloody if we don't root out the post-truth, post-modern, culturally Marxist specter that is haunting the the soon-to-be corpse of America. We have to do it. But if you love America, you won't you won't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we've got to figure right. out how to do that effectively. And that I'm not saying I know exactly how. Because you have to you have to we can't we cannot capture the culture back from these ideas if we don't fully defeat the gaslight that has been going on for so long and that's what this yes. that's what this ap headline is it's pure gaslighting it's yes. pure gaslighting and the way that you beat the gaslight is you you go scorched earth you go no this is the truth and i've got the goods so good that i'm gonna make you resign i'm gonna make you exactly. admit that i've got the goods and you know she'll come out on on social i'm sure she already has and say that this is about her race and about her gender because they have to the, mm-hmm. but here's the reason but remember the reason that they have to is because this exact fight this is an an emblem and a representation of the entire fight it is a microcosm of the whole which That's is right. that truth matters less than x and that truth can be malleable and that you can reconfigure it in any number of different directions and then interpret it any way that you want. That mm-hmm. is their whole ideology. So when black people aren't getting scooped up and thrown into prison for jaywalking in America by the statistics, 
we feel like that's happening or it might be politically useful for us if that was happening and so we'll pretend like it is and you can mm. give me the stats but i don't really care right yes that that is so this is a microcosm of the whole fight so they have to defend themselves that way because that's all they have they don't have the goods they only have the postmodern anti-intellectual rhetoric and and so yeah uh, it's it's a tough road to hoe you know, that we have ahead of I, us i think i i think i you know and we there there there's there's one answer to it and it's not the complete answer but it is it is the carl point answer right happy warrior yeah right absolutely yeah fight fight the battle tooth and nail because the principles matter and when you win smile yeah and that's the difference you know and it's like oh good Good, I'm glad she's not there. No vengeance. Don't do not act in revenge and anger. And if you can do that and still fight for the principles, tooth and nail, bloody in the trenches, you know you're fighting the right fight. And, and, it, and maybe and that's a good test. Enjoy it because it's fun. But yeah, yes. you know what? Uh, the happy warrior forgives but doesn't forget. That's it, man. And that's, and that, that's, and that's what we have to do. That that has to be... and that that. If you could pick someone to be in 2024, man, is it the time to be that person. And you may find yourself alone in this year because it's going to be a tough year. But I think if there's anything we can encourage you to do, it's that. Yeah. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Well, I just said the thing we always say. So. Well, I meant it was well said because we said it. And before us, <laughs> before us Andrew Breitbart said it. Um, Dude, yeah. I mean, that guy had it. I mean, like. It is kind of incredible how much he paved a way for things without, like, beyond himself. You know, so many things are happening because that man would just, you know, I do did, did some insane things. I truly believe that if he would have gone for, like, four jogs throughout his entire life, America <laughs> might be a much better place right now. Uh, so I, I pay – I have an – and he would laugh at that if he was – he would laugh at that if he knew he was going to die and and <laughs> heard it, you know? Um but Christopher, can you imagine like the wonderful life where Andrew Breitbart <laughs> is still is, like, here? Right, <laughs> it's like it's like what were you doing? He's <laughs> like shows me eating a cheeseburger. I was, and it's like, I was smoking and eating cheeseburgers and drinking. It's like, well, that's cool, but <laughs> we kind of you <laughs> nobody had their finger on the pulse of this like he did, you know. Yeah, um, man. Anyhow, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, there's, you could. I have more things in my notes, but you know what? Uh, that's. I think that's the right answer. So, let's call it there. Hunter, thanks for joining me in this new year. Um, my pleasure. It's been a pleasure sharing the automobile, the virtual automobile, with you for what are we at? What did we start this? What are we? We're like at seven years, six or seven years now. Um, I was actually trying to figure that out the other day. I I really don't know. It feels it feels like a blur. I it think, really. I does. think it's 2018. I know. In fact, I know it's 2018 is when we started it. September, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm I'm more sketchy on that. But anyhow, okay. what a pleasure it's been, and it's it's fun to bring it into the new year. And uh, we got a lot of a lot of cool stuff in store for everyone this year. Um, new shows, uh, mm -hmm. uh, new new podcasts, new spinoffs. So it's going to be a, a fun year. We're glad that you're listening. Please leave us a five-star review on any of the socials. Go to carlpulling.com. You can see all of our links and references there. I'm at Chris X Carl. Hunter's at Emotional Carl. The show is at Carl Pooling. Email us, carlpulling at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you in 2024. And, uh, yeah, before you upload your term paper for on on the, so the intersectionality of midgets and sex workers on Epstein's Island, 
uh, make sure to run it through an online plagiarism checker. It's the best way to get tested.